season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shrigland and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and mine baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mine Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR podcast. Today we have Indiana Bulls outfielder in 2025, Indiana baseball commit Cal Gates on the JKR podcast, the Indiana baseball series. Cal, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Super pumped to be on here and get to answer some questions with you, man. Awesome. Appreciate it. And thanks for coming on the show. Always appreciate it when I get, you know, Indiana Bulls guy, you know, future fellow Indiana student as well. Uh, but before we dig into the whole baseball side of things, I got one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the JKR podcast. And that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Cal Gates? Yeah, so I'm I'm Cal Gates, uh, 10 Bedford North Lawrence High School, uh, going to be a junior next year, uh, 2025 uh, IU commit. And I just, you know, like to play baseball and like to play with my friends and like to make people like just make some memories. Okay, there we go. So first kind of segment I want to dig into Indiana Bulls. Just kind of take us through you know, your whole travel baseball experience here so far, how you got connected with the Indiana Bulls and what that's been about. Yeah, so I attended a Bulls tryout my eighth grade summer. And that year I, uh, you know, impressed a lot. I feel like I, I impressed a lot of people, but got put on the white team. And, you know, I just told myself I was going to make the most of it. Uh, just show out and try to, you know, climb up to the black team and balled out that year. I think I finished that year with like 13 home runs. So it was a really big year for me. And then went to the black team for my 14U season. And, you know, I've just been with them ever since. And honestly felt like I've made a lot of good friends and made some memories with that team. Love JD and uh, Colin and Parker got to make some good memories with them and, play with them so that was nice so initially being initially being on that bulls white team what was that feeling like when you heard okay that second year be on the bulls black team playing up with all these different guys you know what was that feeling like to you know finally be put on that bulls black team 
Yeah, you know, it was hard because, you know, I made some memories with that white team and I got to play a whole year with them and it was just a lot of fun and it was a hard decision between going up to them, going up to black or staying down with the white for another year, play with them. But, you know, I just, I was really excited and I chose to be on the black team and I was really ready and I felt like that I was going to just show out again and just continue to make some more memories with a new team and make some new friends. Okay, so I know for the Bulls, I believe you guys have different coaches for each age group. Am I, I'm correct, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so with that, you know, what's that like? What are some of the relationships you've built with different coaches in that Bulls organization going from, you know, Bulls white day or eighth grade year to Bulls black to now, you know, a different age group this upcoming summer? What are some of the relationships with coaches that you've built so far? So my, uh, for, my 13U season with uh, the white team was – coach was Brett Wright – uh, absolutely love that guy. He was so nice. I mean, he made made you made you a better baseball player, and not not only a better baseball player, but a better person. I mean, he was all about you know being good, a good teammate, and just being up in the dugout. And he always tried to get you excited and ready for a game. And then uh, uh, Mike Stein was my 14U black coach. My first year with the black, he was awesome too. You know, really knew the game really well and taught it to the best he could to everyone and you know it was just really fun to play with him and then last year with my second year with the Bulls 15U was with Alex Meyer absolutely love Alex he was great you know also an MLB player like went to pitch for the Angels and you know it was just great to learn from him and like all the stuff that he could teach me and all the kids on our team it was just so much fun, and it helped, he helped a lot through my recruiting process. Like, he was a big help for me. And this year is uh, Coach Bunnell. Uh He coached uh, Riker Hughes, who is the grade above me last year. He coached for his white team. Uh, really excited to get to know him. Seems like a great dude and ready to see where he can bring us this year. Okay, so what's that for you? You know, what's that mindset going into each summer? You know, you already have built relationships with other coaches going in, having a new coach. What's that? What's that kind of that mindset going into each summer with a new coach? Yeah, I like to have an open mind whenever I go into a new season with a new coach. You know, I like to, I like to be changed a little bit. Like all, all coaches have different ways to teach kids, and I, I'm honestly just ready for it and ready to watch. We'll see what they have for me and what I can do to help them. So for you being an insider of this Indiana Bulls program for, you know, the past three, three and a half years going into this summer, you know, what do you think has led to the success of the Indiana Bulls? Cause I mean, you think about it, I mean, they've been, they've, they've grown quite a bit over the past, you know, three, four years, obviously have Max Clark potential top four pick in this upcoming year's draft, bunch of guys in the major leagues at their first hall of famer this year with Scott Rowland. Just, you know, what have you seen just on the day-to-day game to game that you think has just led to the Indiana Bulls success? Uh, me personally, their success in Indiana and beyond, uh, you know, obviously Max gets is really getting their name out there with uh, like a nationally number one ranked person in the country and probably going in the top pick in the MLB draft this year. He's helping a lot, but you also have Andrew Wiggins and all of them who are going to be top, like really good MLB baseball players, I think. Um, but I think most importantly, the Bulls is the family that is felt throughout the organization. Um, you know, we absolutely love, like we love the organization, me and my family do. 
And not just because, you know, they're a nationally ranked team every year, but more because of the family that's within the organization and like how everyone has each other's backs, no matter what team or what age group. So being an underclassman, how do you maybe look up to, you know, you mentioned Andrew Wiggins beyond, you know, Max Clark, you know, Carter Murphy as well, that 2024 class with Braden Thomas, RJ, Jay Lee. I mean, that list goes on and on for that 24 class. How do you kind of look up to maybe some of those guys who are a little bit older in that Bulls program? So I uh, look up to a lot of them. You know, I also get to play against a lot of them. I've played against Max this year and Carter Murphy. Uh, Also got to play Bishop in the sectional yesterday. You know, it's really nice to see how they play the game and, like, what their mindset is. And I like to, you know, ask questions about, like, what they would do in in a certain situation. And, you know, it's just really great to learn from these kids that are going to be go on to be great baseball players and even better like people. And, you know, it's just really like exciting to see like I could be that one day. Yeah. And it's just yeah. In the next two to three years. Yeah. So you talk about learning from some of those older guys who are great ball players. I mean, that 2025 Indiana Bulls team is pretty loaded itself as well. Yeah. Um, for you, you know, being teammates with Kroll, Stein, Ozenball, Parker Rhodes, have you in there as well? I'm not, I mean, I'm sure in the next coming months, there's going to be some other D1 commits there as well. But for you, yeah. being just teammates with guys like that, how do you maybe pick the brain of some of your fellow just teammates on that Indiana Bulls team, um, just seeing the way maybe they go about things pregame or maybe how they – just whatever. You know, how do you maybe pick the brains of some of your teammates? Okay, so we all like to uh, help each other out as much as we can, like what we think we would do in that certain situation and what we could do to help them in the next one. But – we also like to, you know, you know, have a good time and, you know, make memories with each other. And, you know, it's just really fun, like, out on the baseball field. We just like to have fun. I mean, we just go out there and just, you know, have a clear head and then just go out there and play. I mean, it's not really – it's just a game. I mean, at this point, you know, we're just out there to have fun. And obviously we want to win. Like, we do what we can to win. But we also just want to have fun. Yeah. And so we like to make sure that we're all in the right mindset to where we can just have fun with it. And we enjoy making memories with each other and helping each other out. And we also enjoy um, trying to make sure that we're all in the right headset, right in the same mindset and help each other out. Make sure that we're all playing the game as uh, we would if like it was just a little wiffle ball game. So you talk about all those different memories that you've made, you know, playing for the Indiana Bulls. Just looking back on these past two, three years, maybe even beyond that as well, when you think of travel baseball, just what are some of those favorite memories that come to mind? That can be on the field, off the field as well. Just what are some of those memories? Yeah, off the field, I think that, you know, staying in the hotel, same hotel as all of them is awesome. I love having a good time with them, hanging out in the hotel. Uh, Also going to like the malls and stuff. And just hanging out around there and just having a good time. And then on the field, I like, you know, I like having fun, joking around with people. Also making friends with kids on the other teams that we have met before from other events. 
All right, so let's go ahead and move into the next segment here, high school baseball. Take us through, you know, what this season's been like. Unfortunately, you guys did lose last night there in sectional, but, you know, take us through your sophomore year, even throwing it back there to your freshman year as well. Just kind of take us through what the high school experience has been like so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this year was uh, one of my favorite years. I absolutely enjoyed this year with my team. And I'm going to really miss these. We had six seniors this year. Absolutely love them. Played played with a couple of them for a while. Had one just transfer in from Brownstown this year. Kate, um, Christos McCormick. And he, I mean, from day one, it felt like he has been there for four years. I mean, it felt like I've known him forever. He was so fun to be around. And also Caden Bennett, Will Adams, absolutely love them. Played with them when I was real little, like still in like coach pitch area. Uh, Nate Pemberton played with him for a couple of times, played with him for a while. Uh, And then uh, Riley Pruitt, uh, didn't really get to know, I haven't really played with him, Got just got to know him my freshman year. I mean, he was, he was so fun to be around. He's so funny. Always enjoyed playing, having practices with him and just sitting in the dugout with him. But going back into the stats-wise, I felt like I did better this year. Uh, felt more as a leader on the field this year. think I definitely improved on that since from my sophomore to my freshman year. And uh, it was just, you know, freshman year, it was more of, you know, getting to learn the ropes from the seniors that graduated that year and just making sure that we're all uh, together as a team. And just I hosted like a little sectional draw this year. Like I, I hosted our sectional draw this year whenever we drew Floyd. And I felt more as like I'm going to have to be a leader this year and help every, every help everyone out. But it was really nice to play with the team this year. Really fun to play with those guys. And they just made it easy to be a leader. Yeah. And I know we talked about that when I was in town there for, well, I think it was you guys versus West Vigo, you being, you know, a yeah. sophomore leader, being that leadoff guy, also being a D1 commit. But, you know, losing six seniors this summer, you know, how do you even plan on stepping up maybe even a little bit more as that leader, now being an upperclassman that two, has two years of, you know, varsity baseball experience under his belt? How do you maybe see yourself stepping up as a leader even more? Yeah. So we have a really good class coming in next year. It's actually my brother's class, but they have some really solid guys on there, but they're just kind of like underdeveloped in like the mental side. And I feel like that as, you know, a junior this year and an upperclassman, it's kind of like my duty to help teach them like the ropes of this and what I need to do to make sure that they're all in the right mindset and that they need to really you know dig into this stuff and really like learn instead of just you know coming out to practice yeah so we talked about before we started recording you know you guys had to face bishop this year you know floyd center also has blaine metz but then last year you guys had to face tucker biven so pretty tough sectional there but looking forward onto that spring of 2024 your junior year what is kind of the outlook on this high school team what are maybe some of those early you know way too early expectations uh for next spring yeah um, we are, we, we have been a young team for the past two years now. I feel that we are going to be more developed in not only the mental, but also the physical. And I think we'll just be more together as a team. 
and we just you know i and love i've played with all of these kids like in the senior class next year for as long as i can remember i love i've always played with them i love those kids to death and i'm really excited about this upcoming spring and summer next year and i just can't wait for that to come up and see how we go next season all right, so your high school career is halfway through, you know, be an upperclassman there for your junior year next spring. Looking back on it, your freshman year, sophomore year, you know, I know we talked about travel baseball memories, but flipping that around to high school memories, just what are a couple of just favorite high school baseball memories that come to mind? Yeah, uh, for me, high school would probably have to be my freshman, freshman year. I think we went to uh, – I think we we're at home and we were playing uh, Austin High School and we were down, I think, like three to six or six, something in there. We were down. We were down and we rallied up, I think, three or four hits, scored three runs, tied it up. And then uh, just uh, someone, someone can't remember who was, I think his name, I think it was Kyler Fisher who is a senior that graduated that year. And, I mean, he just hit a double, walked it off. I mean, that was that was a great memory. Absolutely loved it. Uh, everyone went crazy. It was awesome. All right, so with you being an underclassman this spring, you know, being a you know, four, 15, 16-year-old kid facing guys who are junior, senior, going to college that next year, what's tougher? When you are a freshman or sophomore underclass guy here in Indiana facing up against some juniors or seniors, or when you're playing with the Indiana Bulls, playing up against some of the top talent in the state, but all guys who are your actual age group, what's tougher and kind of what is that mindset and maybe approach difference when it comes to travel baseball compared to high school baseball? Mm, that's tough because, I mean, high school baseball has its own, you know, difficulties, you know, facing the upper classmen that probably know more about the game because they've been around it longer than I have. But you also have travel ball where it's kids that are more um, physically developed, uh, kids throwing in the upper 90s, mid, mid, lower 90s, and, you know, just a lot stronger than some of the high school teams we've played. I'd probably have to say travel ball, though, just because of the fact that you're seeing faster pitching and you're playing harder teams. I mean, yeah, they are the same age, but they are more physically and more physically developed. Yeah. So school's over now at this point, high school season's come to an end as well. What are those next steps for these, you know, these next couple of weeks or so before your first game with the Indiana Bulls? Just, so you know, what do these next couple of weeks look like for you? Yeah. The next couple of weeks are just going to be, you know, working out, hitting, focusing on uh, my mechanics for my swing and also getting stronger to, um, you know, kind of put up some bigger numbers. And also it'll be more focusing more on my mental side of baseball and making sure that I'm always in the right mindset for the upcoming uh, summer ball with the Bulls and making sure that I'm always, you know, in the right mind and making sure that I'm always, you know, not getting in my own head and just focusing on having a good time and not really focusing on winning.
Okay. So I know you said the Indiana Bulls played a huge part on your, your whole recruitment to go to Indiana. Let's go ahead and dig into that recruiting process. Kind of take us through, you know, when that recruiting process got started for you, you know, when was it that you started getting noticed by some of those division one teams? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that, um, I would have to say that my, um, 15, my 16, my 15 year summer, would probably be the most I've ever started like the recruiting because most like my 15 year I started getting you know like invites to go to camps and all in this and that but 16 years I mean 15 years were really when I started getting the phone calls and setting up meetings with coaches which now you can't do that with the new rules and everything but yeah, that's when I would say 15U season is when I really started getting those phone calls and setting up meetings and stuff like that. Okay, so you're setting up meetings, hopping on phone calls with different coaches. Kind of take us yeah. through what those initial phone, those initial conversations are kind of looking like, maybe what some questions those coaches are asking you. Did, you know, a lot of coaches go about it the same way? Did some coaches maybe do it a little bit differently? You know, just what did some of those initial conversations look like? So the first couple of calls with the different coaches was just, you know, introducing yourselves and getting to know like how each person is. And then the next couple of calls would be more, you know, checking in how we're doing, uh, what the season looked like so far. And then after a couple of those calls, they would, you know, tell like, give me like verbal offers, but yeah, those first couple of calls were really exciting and, you know, just getting to know all these coaches and what they were doing and how they would go through, like what their program is like. It was just really fun to hear about. I'm sure. So you're getting those verbal offers, talking to all those different coaches. As you're comparing, you know, IU to maybe some other schools that potentially finished second or third in the whole recruiting process, you know, what were some of those key things that you were looking for? You know, within the coaching staff, within the school, maybe even campus, just what were some of those key things? Uh, I was really looking for uh, which coach was going to develop me the most to get me to the MLB because that's my main goal. It's been my dream since I was a little kid, just, you know, going to the MLB and playing with the professionals at a professional level. And it was just IU was honestly their lifting program and the way that the coach that coach Mercer said that he was going to develop his players. You know, it was just something that really sparked my interest in them a lot. And, you know, it was just really, he was, he's a great guy to talk to even better whenever I, uh, you know, would get to see him at camps and stuff like that. It was just really fun to see him and talk to him. Yeah. And I mean, Mercer's done a great job when it comes to developing guys to make it, you know, guys who get drafted, obviously a bunch of pitchers, but then you have, you know, Grant Richardson thrown in there, Cole Barr. I mean, this year you'll probably have Philip Glasser. I know you have a pretty good relationship with him, Bobby yep. and some other guys as well. Uh, but, you know, with IU having such a great baseball season this year, you know, well, I think it was 40 and 15 or something like that. 40 win season, second in the Big Ten. For you yep. being an IU commit, you know, what excitement level does that bring to you just going and you know, just seeing how successful this program has been this past year? Uh, just w- what's that excitement like? Oh, it's really exciting because uh, one of the things that Mercer told me whenever I had a phone call with him was he's trying to flip 
IU baseball program around. And I mean, just getting, being able, like knowing that he said that and being able to see it this year is just so exciting because, you know, he told me he was going to do it and he has, and him telling me that he was going to do that. And then it ends up happening just makes sparks really big interest and really exciting because he also told me that he was going to be the coach that's going to help you get to the next level. And I feel that if he's going to, if he said he was going to flip the program around and he did, I think he could do that with baseball with me and baseball. Yeah. So like I get, again, like I said, Philip Glasser, I know you guys have a good relationship. We talked about that when I was there in Bedford, uh, you just kind of take us through what that relationship's like with Philip Glasser, how that whole thing got connected. And when you guys are hanging around each other, you know, what, you know, what's some knowledge that you're picking up from him? Yeah. Uh, love Philip. He is such a good dude. Uh, love being able to, you know, talk to him and having him as a resource for the future. Uh, he's an absolutely, he's a great guy. Probably he's so he's really good at baseball. His mental, his mental side of baseball is probably one of the best I've ever talked to. And uh, he's just like a really good guy. And he knows so much about the game and being able to, you know, talk to him and text him and call him and ask him how things are and what he would do in a situation that I'm in is just awesome. Yeah. So going back into it before you actually did commit to IU, as the whole recruiting process started to wind down, you maybe got IU, maybe some other schools as well. What was it just that final thing that hit you? Okay. You know, this is what's standing out at IU compared to some of those other schools. Kind of what was that? And do you remember the day where it hit you? Okay. IU playing for coach Mercer, you know, I think that's my future. Just kind of take us through that day and kind of what those last, you know, final thoughts were as you were making that decision. Yeah, it was a really tough decision. I had some really great coaches uh, and schools looking at me, and IU was always in my top from the very first day I got to talk with Coach Mercer. I mean, it was it was a great – it just seemed like a really good school and on an even better coaching staff. And with Coach Mercer, Coach Simmons, uh, Coach Weatherford, and all the others, it was just really uh, nice to be able to see all them and get to know them. But I think what stood out to me the most out of all of them was probably their lifting and nutrition program. Their lifting and nutrition program sparked great interest in my choice. And it was really nice to be able to hear what their thoughts on that was and how they were going to include that into my college experience. Okay. So from talking to you, talking to some other IU commits and, you know, the 23, 24 year class as well, I hear a lot about how coach Mercer, Simmons, Weatherford, they're all relationship based type of people for you since you've committed there, you know, last fall, how has that relationship, you know, evolved a little bit since that commitment, um, just going through and getting to know them a little bit more. How has that relationship evolved a little bit? Yeah, uh, with, obviously with the new rules, it's kind of hard to, you know, be able to talk to them because I'm not allowed to talk to them until September 1st of my junior year. Uh, but it has uh, definitely been really nice to be able to hear all of their stuff and what they think. Uh, and also more about what how they are going to develop me into the future. 
and getting just getting to know how they're going to coach their team. So you talk about that new rule, and you're kind of in a unique situation when it comes to you know, that 25, 26 classes. There's going to be a couple players who were committed, actually got a chance to build good relationships with coaches, and all of a sudden it's just cut off. So what's kind yeah. of been the difference when it comes to maybe that those last couple of weeks as you knew that rule was coming up and knew you couldn't be talking to Mercer here for the next, I don't know, probably two, three months or so before September 1st comes around. But um, just, you know, what was that like, just, you know, being a part of that new rule and kind of being in a unique situation? Um, It was kind of like a game changer for me because um, I would usually like have – calls with them and ask them how everything was and what I needed to be doing for the fall and the winter and also making sure I'm staying uh like I'm staying consistent in the summer and what I need to do but being in that like being it just being cut off is kind of hard because I can't really I kind of like just kind of have to do it on my own but I can also ask you know Phil and all of those other players that I have contact with. Uh, so I get to talk to them, which is really nice to have all of those uh, contacts to be able to go to. Yeah. So you have great relationships with Phil. You said you might know some other guys on the current team right now. But for, you know, what are some of those relationships you have with some of your future teammates and maybe the 25 class? I know Blaine Metz is another guy committed to IU. Maybe the 24 class, 23 class as well. Um, just what are some of those relationships you have with your future IU teammates? Yeah, um, Eli Bennett, uh, played against him for a while now. Love that kid. He's a really, he's really solid baseball player. Uh, then you also got Landon Fry and, uh, you know, obviously got Blaine Mess. Just played against him yesterday. Uh, it was really nice to get to see him and talk to him. Uh, then you also have, yeah, and also Fisher getting to, you know, I haven't really talked to Fisher a lot. But I have, I do know who he is, and he seems like a really solid baseball player. Okay, so for you getting a face up against, you know, your future teammate Blaine Metz last night, yep. fish, facing Bishop Letson as well, and this is going to be more on the high school side of things. Um, Tucker Biven, um, some other guys that you had to face so far this season, last season as well there at Bedford North. Um, just who's the toughest pitcher in Indiana that you've had to face so far? If you can't choose maybe one guy, choose two to three, because I know it is tough to choose just one guy. But who is that toughest AB that you've had in Indiana? That is tough. Uh, Tugger Biven was a really hard one, throwing 97. And that was my first time seeing, like, upper 90s. Um, and then you got Bishop, who is 94, 95, with a very solid slider with good movement. And then you have Blaine, who has really good movement on his fastball. And then also having to face uh, Dykeman or Diekman. Uh We saw him in the uh, Franklin-Evansville uh, round-robin thing that we had. I don't know. I don't think – I don't really think I can choose. I would say probably uh, Letson or Bevin or Metz. Yeah, I mean, when you're throwing, I, I mean, when you're throwing around D1 guys, guys who are getting looked at for them will be draft. I mean, it, it is tough to choose just one. So that's why I did throw in there, yeah. you know, if you had – if you can't choose just one, you know, maybe throw just yeah. throw out a couple names. But 
Um, last baseball segment here. I kind of want to dig into your on the field play. I know you're playing center field right now. I know when I was talking to Cooper, he kind of sees you as a center fielder. But in your mind, where do you kind of see yourself? You know, as you get to that next level here in a couple of years, do you see yourself sticking in center, maybe moving around to right field, maybe left field? Uh, you kind of what's what's your mindset right now on that? Yeah, uh, I would kind of I would see myself as a center fielder, but I can also I did play a little bit of right and a little bit of left my 14U season, uh, just because we had Black had a center fielder that's been playing center field there for a while now. And uh, honestly, if they would put if they put me in a spot, I would probably be comfortable there in one of those three spots out there. And uh, just honestly, just trying to whatever they think would be the best spot for me is where I'd play. Okay, so what is that mindset difference between you're in center field, you look at the lineup card, maybe you're in left, maybe you're in right. I know it's very similar, but also, I mean, I mean, they are different parts of the field. Is there like a little bit of an approach or a mindset change when it comes to playing center compared to those corner outfield spots? Um, Center, I mean, all the outfield spots, you kind of got to know your hitters a little bit and know what their tendencies are, look at their uh, – maybe look at their uh, spray chart a little bit, see which way they're hitting the ball most of the time. Uh, and then just kind of, uh, you know, uh, seeing seeing that and then putting yourself in a spot that you think he's going to put it. Uh, but the corners, it's a little bit harder because if you have one that's – because you also have to think about, you know, kids that are going to get jammed inside and – somehow pull one down through the line and you got to get over there and grab that. Um, center field is more of kind of like, I think more of an open spot because you can kind of like shift one way, but still be able to go get the other way. Um, you also don't have to worry about the, like the only part of the fence you have to worry about is like the warning track and the back fence, but in the corners you have to worry about, you know, the foul line and those spots over there. All right, so flipping around to the hitting side of things, let's go ahead. I know you're that leadoff guy. Take us through that approach as a leadoff guy. What's going through your mind? You're watching that guy warm up pregame and before that first inning. You know, what's your approach? Just kind of what's going through your mind before that first A-B? Um, I like to think about – I'm in the I'm in the warm-up circle, you know, on the on the circle just watching them uh, warm up and see what they have and – I like to see their arm break and like where they put their arm and their arm slots and stuff like that. And usually um, my fur, my approach going up to the box is, you know, it's gotta be that really nice pitch for that first pitch. Cause you don't want to go down Oh one because you, um, you swung at the first pitch and fouled it off to the side. And you just want to be able, if you get that one pitch that you really like, then I, I'm usually swinging at it. But if it's not in that spot, I usually take the first pitch. I don't really bunt on my first at-bat just because of, you know, I don't want to waste my first at-bat, you know, not not trying to bunt and get on. I usually wait until, like, the second or third at-bat to do that. So it's more of just if you get strikes, then you need to – you should probably piece it up a little bit foul off the curveballs and the breaking balls and all that and then catch that fastball on your spot and then just see where it goes from there.
Okay. So you said you really don't like button there for your first AB. Beyond that, what are some of those differences in your approach going into that second, third, fourth, maybe mm-hmm. potentially even fifth AB in a game? Yeah. You know, what 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 is that kind of mindset change, you know, there compared to the first AB? Um, my mindset change between that is just seeing where my corners are playing at if first base is playing even or in. Uh and third, I'm usually a bunt down the third base kind of guy, but I can put it down the first baseline if need be. But I'm usually a bunt for a hit type of guy. I don't usually do sacrifice bunts because being me being a lefty, I can put one down the line and make it to first. So I usually like to bunt for a hit, surprise the fielders a little bit. But going up for my second, third, fourth ABs is knowing my runners, where they're at, and their speed and this and what they do on the base, if they're smart on the base path, if you know, they're a little confused on what they probably need to do. I usually just like to make it easy for them and know, I like to know my runners, but I also like to know my fielders. I usually like to, you know, kind of scout my fielders a little bit, the corners and the, uh, the middle infielders and the pitcher, obviously you got to know your pitchers, what they have, what they're throwing. Uh, usually don't bunt an off speed, usually just bunt in fastballs. Uh, and then you obviously have to know your strike zone too because you don't want to square up a bunt and try to bunt a ball. Yeah. So digging into the mechanics of your swing, kind of take us through from that load up to that follow through, what those mechanics are kind of looking like and how they evolved here these past couple of years. Yeah. So a big thing with my swing was my front hip was out in front of everything. It was kind of like more even with my knee. So just doing these drills that I've been, you know, learning these past few years, uh, just staying on that back hip more, staying back and just, you know, sitting down on it, not jumping out in front of it and just waiting back, keeping my weight back and then just explode get my hips through and then everything else goes with it. Okay, so looking at your game's entirety, this can be when you're playing center field, running the bases. I know you're a speedy kid um, hitting as well. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? Uh, personal, my personal scouting report would probably be likes to have high energy. Uh, that's that's one of my biggest things is always making sure that my team has energy. Because I mean, if you're down one run and you really need that spark, I like to be that guy that's gonna. Uh, you know, pick up the team, get us all energized and just make sure that we're all up and into the game. And then I also like to see myself as the guy that's going to help out his teammates, uh, you know, help out with them with situations and stuff. And, you know, try to help out, help them out with their mechanics as much as I can, because, you know, it's not really my swing. So it's whatever they want to do. It's their swings, whatever works for them. It's what got them there. So I like to help them out as much as I can. And um, I also like to make sure that my teammates aren't uh, putting themselves down, making sure they're always keeping themselves up, keep their chins high, uh, even when the bad stuff comes through. And they just need that. They just need that little push to make sure that they're, you know, staying in their own mindset, staying in their own comfort zone and just making sure they're in the right headset. Okay, so as you get closer and closer to actually getting there on campus in Bloomington, looking at your game, what would be a couple of those key focuses that you're wanting to put on within your development? 
one of the key focuses I would try to do for myself is make sure that I stay in my own head. Like just do everything that I'm comfortable with and do everything that I've done to work up to this point because I've had a lot of people I've had a I've had a talk with a guy um kind of helped me through my mental side a little bit because I was struggling with it earlier in this year and um just making sure that I'm in my own I'm keeping my own element and making sure that I'm doing what I did to get to this point because I'm here for a reason and I just need to keep doing what I'm doing okay so last baseball question here for you. Obviously, with where you're at right now within your career, IU commit, playing for a very, very good travel baseball team within the Indiana Bulls. I'm sure you've had a ton of influential people within your baseball career. But if you had to choose two to three people who have been the most influential, who would those two to three people be and what would be the reasonings for them being so influential? Uh, First one, I would definitely have to say my parents because – I mean, they've they've been with me ever, ever since I picked up a bat, which was, you know, three years old to 17 now. And I mean, they've just been with me through through the beginning of it all. And they were there through the struggles, through the highs, through the lows. Um, always made sure that I was uh, doing stuff that I can do and making sure I stay within myself. They keep me modest. But they also like to know that they're proud of me and help me out with my baseball career. And then second, I would probably have to say all of my coaches. They always I, – I'm the one that's going to ask questions and make sure that I know what I'm doing in a certain situation. And they're never just – they're always helpful. They never – they're never like, well, you should know that. But – they're never like that. And it's just really awesome to have those guys there with you and making sure that, you know, you're, they're improving you and not just, you know, tearing you down or anything like that. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. So last segment here for you, like I said, I like to end it off more on the personal side of things. So taking into passions to get started, you know, when you're not thinking about baseball, maybe you need to take your mind off the game, maybe cope with some stress Whatever it happens to be, what are some of those passions, maybe some of those hobbies you have beyond baseball? Uh, one, I, I have a couple hobbies that I like to do whenever I'm not playing baseball, but I would say my first one is just, you know, going out with my friends, having a good time, and just going places with them, hanging out with them. And then I would I, – I play football too, so I like to take that season and just focus on football – but also I'm not just focusing on football. I'm also doing baseball things during that season, but it's honestly just a great being, being another a multi-sport athlete is so helpful because you're not stressing over one sport too much because you also have that other sport that you need to focus on. I'm sure. So on the motivation side of things, you know, what is it just deep down internally that helps you get out of bed every morning, helps you continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person as well, just what are some of those motivations that you have? Um, some of the motivations I have are that I'm going to play college baseball because most kids that play baseball throughout their whole career can't like aren't able to do that. And it's just so 
like I, I keep myself motivated through that because I usually I like to think that there are kids that these this is their dream and I'm living those kids dreams and I want to make sure that I'm not wasting that. All right, so taking that question a little bit further, let's say you continuously don't waste your talent, continuously get better as a baseball player, but as a person too, um, perfect picture of your life 20 years down the road, you stay motivated, stay motivated, keep doing what you're doing right now. What is that perfect picture in 20 years if everything keeps going right? Uh, 20 years from now, if everything keeps going the way it's going right now, I would say that I'm probably going on, I'd say probably my 10th, 11th, like going, going deep into my baseball career as a professional and, uh, you know, making, making money, playing the sport that I love and just being able to make those friendships with all those professionals and just getting to all know all of them. Okay. So as you're looking at professional baseball, if you had to look at all of pro baseball, what would be that major league baseball player comp? For you, like you, you're watching a game. Who do you maybe look up to the most? Just who is that guy? Mike Trout. Mike uh, Trout. Absolutely. Yeah, Mike Trout definitely because he is just obviously he's a fantastic baseball player. Probably gonna go in the hall. Probably gonna go in the Hall of Fame as one of the best baseball players in the world, up there with Ken Griffey Jr. and uh, Barry Bonds. Uh, Mark McGuire, uh, Babe Ruth, all of those players. And he's just one of the biggest things that he, I look up to him the most is his mental side because he is so mentally strong in baseball and just being able to get to learn just by watching him play and like what he what his tendencies are, what he does like before games and stuff. It's just awesome to see how he does this stuff. Sure. All right. So final two questions here for you. I'll just go ahead and ask them back to back. So go to playlist. Let's say you got a long drive down to maybe Atlanta for the NPI, WBA, whatever. What is that go to playlist genre singer, however you want to go about that. And then final question, dream NIL brand. So you get to college, you get the opportunity to capitalize on your name, image and likeness. What would be that dream brand to endorse, collaborate, partner with, whatever happens to be? What would be that dream brand? Okay. So my go-to playlist is more of, you know, kind of more rap stuff and uh, like a bunch of like other hip hop stuff. Um, I like I like the old time music like Snoop Dogg and um, Ice Cube and all of them. I like to listen to the old time rap and I, I don't know, it's just something that I hear on, I heard on the radio when I was little, and I've just been listening to it ever since. So I like to listen to them. But I also have a little bit of Little Baby in there and uh, NLE Choppa. And I would probably have to say another one I have in there is Drake. I like to listen to a lot of Drake stuff. And then for my dream NIL, it would, I don't know. I think Nike or Adidas would be nice. Want having one of those bigger? Uh, I want to have my own shoe brand. That's been one of my dreams since I was little. Is having my own shoe brand and just being able to like kind of like having a bright like Bryce Harper's cleats stuff. I like I I like to wear. I used to like to wear a lot of Bryce Harper cleats, 
And it's just something I've looked up to ever since as having my own, like having my own shoe brand. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're getting sponsored by Nike or Adidas, I mean, you must yeah. be doing something right. Uh, yeah. But, but no, man, that's the final question here on the J-Care podcast. You know, really appreciate you coming on the show. You know, as your summer baseball season gets rolling, as you continue on with your baseball career, want to wish you the best of luck. Obviously, like I said, I'm a fellow IU guy, so I'm sure I'll be down there in Bloomington watching you play, hopefully winning uh, some College World Series, some Big Ten championships over the next couple of years. But just the best of luck the rest of your career, man, and thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it.